Hello, and welcome to Holiday Moons Podcast. Hello. Where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. 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 So um, today, we welcome you to the podcast. We've got some fun topics to talk about. I'm Randy Moon, and I'll be talking about New Year's resolutions. I'm Cole Moon, and I'll be talking about one of those Rankin-Bass movies. This one is Rudolph's Shiny New Year. And this is Sydney Moon, and I will be talking about Japanese New Year. And I am Beth Moon, and I will be talking about New Year's Day traditions. So obviously, today's podcast is about New Year's. Year's. (laughs) (laughs) So Happy New Year's to all of you. But first, we will talk about some holiday happenings. When we record this podcast, we'll actually be right before Christmas. So we had a few holiday happenings this week. One is it was the first day of winter on Friday. Which is very fun. Yay! And I always wish that the first day of winter was actually wintry. Yeah, but nice. it wasn't yeah. very wintry. Well, I wish yeah. any of these days were wintry. <laughs> it's cold. It's got the cold part, but it's just been kind of rainy. and. But Friday, yeah. it wasn't even all that cold. No, it no. got kind of warm yeah. on yeah. Friday. Yes, so that was a holiday happening. Shortest day of the year, so it's all getting longer from here. We have another holiday happening. We just finished up our um, holiday baking, which is good for us. <laughs> yeah, it's good for us and bad for us. Right. <laughs> Sydney bakes really good cookies. Which is really bad if you're trying not to eat a ton of cookies. But then, well, she makes some and then leaves them out and tells us not to eat them because they're for her work. (laughs) She usually lets us eat some. That's kind of the worst of both worlds, right? (laughs) The temptation and knowing you're not allowed to eat them. I don't know. I've eaten a lot of them so far. (laughs) Sorry to me. (laughs) So I think uh, we will begin with a very fun topic, Cole. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, the... The pleasure, the distinct pleasure, the distinct pleasure. Of, or was it maybe just stinked? Yeah, that was, that was probably closer to what it was. Of watching Rudolph's Shiny New Year, and that's another one of those Rankin Bass and a Magic movies. And when I was thinking about the topic that I wanted to do for this episode, I was talking to Dad about it, and we were joking that oh, you should do Rudolph's Shiny New Year. Uh, because we had heard that it was not the highest quality Rankin Bass movie. So yeah, that made on, you curious? Right. <laughs> and based on the ratings that we had ba- read. Based on the ratings that we had read. And we were joking about it. And then I thought, you know, there's not really any reason not to do it. So so here it is. So there, there's my first <laughs> mistake. <laughs> my first poor decision. Now, I had watched that movie several times, maybe three times. And, and the most recent time probably was you when you guys were little trying to figure out was it worth was it worth it watching yeah. or not and I don't think did you guys ever watch it I've seen like bits and pieces I've seen it before yeah, yeah. yeah. but I don't it's obviously never something that Ooh. we pulled in as a family tradition yeah, it's a rough one so it's <laughs> it's an interesting story a lot happens in the first um, I don't remember it at six all. minutes or so six minutes okay. yeah there's there's kind of a, a lot of exposition and story to kind of they kind of throw at you right at the beginning so the movie opens up with santa receiving a letter from father time and this occurs immediately after they get back from rudolph right so it's the same character it's the same character look the same everything right so they get back from delivering the toys still a foggy night rudolph you know led the way and everything (laughs) <laughs> and Santa receives a letter when he gets back from Father Time telling him that the new year can't start because Happy, the baby new year, is missing. So this part's actually pretty funny. Santa looks out at the fog. He's like, oh, you know, how am I going to help? And he's like, oh, Rudolph can help. So he has Rudolph come in and he tells Rudolph, all right, Father Time needs your help. And then he just goes over to the door and opens it, and there's like this still this blizzard outside. Right. And then he just kind of looks around at Rudolph. <laughs> like, oh, oh, off you, you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. very little sort of. Like, Santa doesn't offer to go with him or anything. <laughs> That's so funny. Or send any help. And Rudolph goes alone out into the fog oh to gosh. go. That's uh, interesting. To go find Happy. Well, to first go find Father Time. Okay. And then go find Happy. Hmm. So then he's just sort of going through the blizzard. And this is sort of one of those cases where the narrator is a character in the movie. In this case, the narrator is Father Time. Father Time just sort of says, oh, you know, 
well, who am I? I'm Father Time, and this is what I do. And sort of that, that <laughs> kind of Rankin-Bass way. <laughs> and then he just sort of says, oh, and by the way, my general, all of his little, uh, like, soldiers, Father Time soldiers, are just like clocks with faces. Oh, And legs oh. and arms. So he says, my general Ticker was with Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> so like, well, I guess they bumped into each other or something. And then, so General Ticker and Rudolph are going through the blizzard. And then they come out of the blizzard at the edge of a huge desert. A desert which is the sands of time. Oh, oh gotcha. And Interesting. they're greeted there by a camel which has a clock for a hump. Okay. Yeah, there's clocks on everything. Like, just about every character has a clock on it. So, and the camel is called the Great Quarter Past Five. Oh, oh my, my goodness, gosh. really? Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. So, they start going through the desert, because Father Time's castle is on the other side, and they get assaulted by a, a giant vulture called Eon, who will turn to snow and ice at the end of an eon. So he's trying to find Happy, because when this year ends, it's the end of an eon. So it so for he, him. <laughs> right, so he wants to find Happy to stop the new year from happening. Oh. You know, now that you mention it, I think I do remember a giant vulture. Yeah, oh. and this is all in like the first six minutes of the movie. Okay, so, so I'm going to watch it now. <laughs> oh boy, you are asking yourself you are for some tough times there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody, there's some people who do like this movie. It was rough to get through it for me. So we find out once Rudolph gets to Father Time that Happy ran away because he has big ears that people laughed at. So he, he hides them underneath his top hat. Yeah, baby top hat. Yeah, legit. And we also find out that a baby New Year is crowned at the beginning of the New Year, and as the months go by, he grows up into. It sort of seems to say into Father Time because oh. as it's growing up, it has like a little song and sort of little montage. Mm-hmm. And it shows a different baby being crowned and then growing up. And then by December, it's the same guy as Father Time. So that seems to be what it's suggesting. So interesting. Um, but the babies are unique though. Each one is different. Yeah. It's, it's like the years same, are different. It's not the same one every time. But it, they all grow up into Father Time. Right. The next Father Time. I guess it's like a title. And then when each year is done, they go to the archipelago of last years. <laughs> and each island is a different year. But for the previous new year, retires there. And they get to live in that year forever there. That's interesting. So this is where the weird things happen. So Rudolph has to go off on his own again (laughs) on a little boat and sail to the archipelago of last year's because that's where Happy went to. So the vulture Eon attacks him again. Attacks, wait. Rudolph. Rudolph. Oh, okay. And he's saved by a giant whale called Big Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Who who has a clock somewhere. On his tail. (laughs) On his tail. Yeah, big clock on his tail. The first island that he goes to is the 1 million BCE island. It's um, like, the f- I guess the first island is what it seems to be suggesting. But he goes and the previous, like, I guess father time, it's, they don't really have a good name for what these guys are, but like the kings of their respective little islands. He's from like past years. Right, from past years. He's like a caveman and, and again, like, Happy came to this island, and he made friends, but then his hat came off, and all, like, the dinosaurs <laughs> and everything, they were laughing at his ears. Oh, poor Happy. <laughs> and they always, in the movie, they emphasize that, like, the people didn't mean harm by laughing at it. They just, it made them so happy to see big funny <laughs> Happy is a feeler, and his right, feelings so got he, hurt. He ran away. So then the caveman and Rudolph and Big Ben set off to a different island, which is the 1023 island. Oh, okay. So it's like medieval times. Okay. But it's like fairy tales. It's not medieval, like... Reality. Europe or anything. Right. right. So there's like Humpty Dumpty and the Seven <laughs> Dwarves and all of them. And like Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall because he was laughing at his ears so hard. <laughs> <and> <laughs> Wow, well, they're the mystery song. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember that in the poem. 
Yeah, and then, like, it's the three bears. He goes in, he sits on the chairs, eats the porridge, sleeps in the bed, and they're like, oh, you know, the little one's like, will you be my friend and stuff? And then he, they're playing, and his hat comes off, and he laughs at his ears, and uh, <laughs> the baby runs away, and is picked up by Eon, who wants to fly him back to his lair, which is the island of no name. And now, does Happy know that Eon is bad, or is no. Eon convincing him he's Happy's good? Happy's a baby. He doesn't know things. <laughs> he he knows his, he has big ears and that people laugh at them. No, so he doesn't know who Eon is. Or at least, it doesn't say, but I can assume that he doesn't know, based okay. on the context. But then, Big Ben shoots water out of his blowhole and knocks Eon out of the sky. Oh, good for Big Ben. Yep. So, Happy floats down to the island of 1776, where he's oh. picked up by Ben Franklin. Yeah, so it's always the 4th of July on, on that on island. On that island? Yeah. yeah. So they try, to, they try to get him again, and same thing happens. Everybody laughs at his ears. They're just too late to get to him. He's one fast-moving baby. <laughs> he is! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 little he, tiny he legs. Is, yeah. Wily. <laughs> um, but he's picked up by Eon. Again? Again. Who flies into his lair and keeps him there. So, Rudolph and company. Because the guy from 1023 is with him. He's like a knight with a big beard sticking out of his okay. helmet. And Caveman, is he still with him? Caveman is still with him. Ben Franklin joins. Okay. Good old Ben. Um, yeah. <laughs> Not to be mistaken with Big Ben. Right. Different yeah. Big Ben. Yeah. But they all go to the island and... Try to climb up and, and save Happy, but Eon spots them, and he causes an avalanche that buries them, but... A snow avalanche? Yeah. Okay. It's like a snowy mountain that his nest is on top of. But Rudolph's nose melts him out. So he goes up, and he befriends Happy and tells him, it's okay if people laugh because you're bringing them joy and all of that. And he takes the hat off, and Eon wakes up and sees the ears and laughs so hard that he falls off the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, they have this thing at the end where it's like, oh, Eon's not going to turn to snow and ice after an Eon because your ears warmed his heart so much. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. Excellent. So it's like Santa Claus is coming to town when the wizard's heart was warmed. The yeah. warlock's heart was warmed. Yeah, yeah, except, like, in a bad movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, except this one wasn't quite as good as that. This one was not quite as good. But then Santa shows up last minute. <laughs> How convenient, yeah. Santa. Welcome, Pres- Santa. Presumably to reap the rewards. <laughs> um, and he flies them back to Father Time's castle for Happy to be crowned New Year. And that's that's sort of where it ends. Everybody's celebrating and having a good time. And sort of, I guess the lesson is it's okay if people laugh at you because you're making them happy. <laughs> See, that it's seems, warming their hearts. Yeah, that seems to be the message of it more than anything else because they kind of hammer that in. Was this a musical, Cole? Yeah, it was. How was the music? I mean, it wasn't terrible, but there was nothing that was really memorable. Like, if you have little, little kids, you can put this on and it's harmless. They're going to, you know, it's yeah, going to keep be them enjoyable. entertained for 50 minutes or so. So did Rudolph compare Happy's ears to his nose? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did. And they had this little animated section which showed Rudolph's story, right. like, briefly. Oh, right. like in cartoon form? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Dang. For about, like, maybe half a minute or so. So you would recommend it for family with little kids? I would not recommend it. <laughs> I said it's not going to do any harm. <laughs> that's different than recommending it. Right. I was just joking. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I would recommend some others just to see them, like even if you don't love them. Like The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, I'd recommend seeing at least once because it's really interesting. Same with Jack Frost, but I don't know if I'd recommend seeing Rudolph's Shiny New Year. Well, I, I commend you for watching it from end to end because I jumped into the middle of it the other day, just recently it was on some channel, uh-huh. and I watched it for a little bit, and then some music came on, and the music was really bad, and I stopped, <laughs> and I was glad I could turn it off and onto something else, so thank yep. you, Cole, for, <laughs> yeah, for taking that. one for the team. Lighting the bullet there. Yeah. All right, and continuing on with New Year topics, 
Yay. I will be talking about <laughs> Japanese New Year. And did you say Japanese New Year? Yes. Yes, I did. Oh, interesting. So previously, Japanese celebrated New Year based on a lunar calendar, but they adopted the Gregorian calendar in 1873. So that put them in sync with a lot of other countries to celebrate New Year's on January 1st. Oh. Very good. Their new year is from January 1st through the 3rd. And wait, wait. So they have three days in the year. Correct. They have many, many, many things that they, many traditions, many things、oh. that they do. As I was doing my research, this is their biggest holiday. So、right. for America, it's pretty much Christmas, Christmas right? We、yeah. can all agree that that's the biggest、yeah. holiday in America. For them, it's New Year's. <laughs> interesting. So it's very interesting to learn. Just how much they love this holiday. And in fact, some, it depends on the company, but a lot of companies will actually give their employees holiday from, I think, before the new year to maybe around like January 3rd. Okay. That's interesting. So,、mm-hmm. what, what year did you say that this started? 1873, when they、uh, adopted the Gregorian calendar. When they adopted, okay. So, that would have been during the Meiji Restoration, which was、so. the emperor who wanted to Europeanize、mm-hmm. Japan. Yeah.、Oh, okay. So that would have been a, that's interesting. That would have been a part of、mm-hmm. that effort to make it more like Europe. Okay, so Japanese New Year traditions. Before New Year's, they have things going on. Like it's not just New Year's or New Year's Eve. So they have these forget the year parties, which、okay. is interesting. <laughs> that is interesting.、Um, and it usually involves a lot of alcohol. Oh, <laughs> well, that will help you forget. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's, it's basically、um, a rare opportunity for many to let their hair down. And generally, People kind of let loose, and whatever happens that day happens that day, and they're generally forgiven later. Wow. <laughs> well, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's like a day of Vegas for all of, all <laughs> of Japan. <laughs> yeah, it's basically a great way to relax, get back, and forget the last year's problems.、Mm. It's actually a neat idea to let all those stresses, mistakes,、mm-hmm. kind of the, the weight you put on your own shoulders sometimes right, to let、yeah. that go. Right, that is a、them. good idea. I agree. It's a very interesting idea. And this is like a national thing, too. So it's not a town does this or a company does this. It's everybody doing right. it. Right. Which is fascinating. They also have this ritualistic New Year cleaning, which is basically a cleaning top to bottom of their houses. Oh, they do that for New Year's? They do that、mm-hmm. for New Year's and before New Year's. Okay. To basically prepare for. Making things new for the new year, starting out fresh and clean,、mm-hmm. and yeah, that makes sense. So,、exactly. do they clean again after they have the New Year's party then? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that would be necessary. Like, you know, you <laughs>、right, yeah. get your house all clean, and then maybe you have this. You're forgetting this party. This night of wanton <laughs> forgetfulness. <laughs> Abandon, and you know. Yes. And this is not just like a few cupboards or whatever, this is like whole house ridding the home. And even the office of clutter to give thanks for blessings of the previous year and to purify spaces for the upcoming one. Okay. Yeah, so it's very interesting. I also found that they would also clean、Same. the outside of their homes, and this is winter, so it gets very cold. That was a fascinating part of it, including、uh, like windows, balconies, and outdoor spaces. Whatever is cluttered up, they will clean it up <laughs> during this time. So, New Year's Eve in Japan. It's usually spent with family. This is very much a family holiday. I was reading that people from the cities will actually take the time to go and visit their families if they have family outside of the city. It's a good way to relax and enjoy time together with a fresh house for the New Year's. And a family tradition that I thought was kind of cool was the family would gather around these low tables, and these tables have heated blankets like、um, under them. So you can literally tuck the lower half of your body、nice. under this table. With this nice, lovely heated blanket. And because there are no chairs to limit, you can you know, have as many people around the table as you want. Now, is this still New Year's Eve? Correct. They usually also watch a show during the time. Is it Rudolph's Shiny New Year? No.、Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure they would not be watching this. Oh. It's basically a red and white song contest. It's a special program aired annually on New Year's Eve. And it's a time where popular male and female singers compete against each other. The males represent the white team and the females represent the red team. So the colors red and white in Japan represent the new year. So this、oh, is、funny. a TV show that the nation's watching. 
Right. Okay. Right. That airs on New Year's Eve. So it's almost kind of like our tradition of watching singers and artists. Like the New, New Year's, Year's in New York City. Exactly. Like the ball dropping in New York City. Oh, okay. Yes. And around midnight, it is customary for Japanese to welcome the New Year by eating soba noodles, which represents the year crossing. They are long and fine, and people eat them to wish for a long life. Okay. So that's one of their traditions. So they do eat at, eat these at midnight. And I actually have a little picture here. Oh, they look long and fine for those yes. that can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it actually looks really good. I'm Very really hungry right now. So they speaking of food, during the first three days of the New Year, the Japanese have traditional New Year's dishes, just like we have in America. Some examples of what these dishes may contain is herring, boiled seaweed, fish cakes, mashed sweet potato with chestnut, and sweetened black soybeans. There's much pride taken in the presentation of the dishes. So something that I, I definitely noticed when I was doing my research was that they were all bright, they were all colorful. They were definitely very organized and purposeful in how they presented the dishes. So one uh, interesting Japanese New Year decoration that they have are these pine gates that are displayed in pairs at the front of house gates and buildings from January 1st through the 7th. What's a pine gate? They usually consist of three bamboo poles that are cut diagonally to different lengths. So uh, Hmm. the ones that I've seen, there's like a tall middle one and two smaller ones next to it. They have pine tree branches tied to them with straw rope. They can include other foliage and such. Um, I saw some tied with different color strings and wrapped in paper. I have a pretty picture right here. And they're quite beautiful. Oh, okay. So they're like a, what is it called in the front, Beth? It was um, a topiary that you would put on either side of a gate. Sort of. Okay. Yeah, sort of. Well, when you first said it as a gate, I was picturing it as something gate, you could like, walk through or it, oh. it came across and, and connected at the top. But yeah. really, it's just two standing pieces kind right. of in a, in a base right. on either side of a gate. Yes. Gotcha. And each one has this, the three bamboo and the, cut, and the pine. And, the now, I don't know if all of them have this exact design, but it's yes. something similar to that. Right. So the bamboo represents growth and strength, while the pine is a symbol of Longevity. Gotcha. Looks like it has a Celtic knot on it almost, doesn't it? Yeah, this particular one. one does. Yeah. Yeah, and homes, and it also said companies, you know, kind of display these right. for oh, New Year's. Mm-hmm. So you might have several. Right. Okay. Another interesting Japanese decoration is the kagami mochi, which are made of two rice cakes. A smaller one is placed on top of a larger one. And topped with basically like a an orange, like a bitter orange. So, so far it sounds like a flat snowman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bottom two things <laughs> melted. <Maybe>. And it's <laughs> yeah, so, so they, they retain the shape, Yeah. right? And it's interesting because this particular decoration can be eaten. Nice. Oh, okay. Yes. So um, they make these mochi. The mochi represents the past year and the year to come. And the orange represents the continuity of the family over the years. So it, it's kind of um, an all-encompassing kind of representation of the family. The way that they eat it on January 11th, they basically break it open with a hand or hammer, then cook and eat it with sweet red beans. It's important to note that they do not use a knife to cut it because that would be severing the family <laughs> with the years. Yeah, so definitely don't do that. Gotcha. Right. So that was really interesting to read about, um, kind of what that represents. And a New Year's event that happens and that many, many, many people go to to watch is the first sunrise of the new year. There's something renewing about seeing the first sunrise of a brand new year, brand new beginnings. So that's mm-hmm. something that, a tradition that they definitely Now, the, is their sunrise later than ours? Because I'd have to have a late a late wake-up time for me to get up and watch the sunrise. So they actually do mention that not everybody does this because not everybody wants to get up that early. Right. But definitely, you know, this is a tradition that a lot of people do. And they probably grew up with. Exactly. So this has been very fun to talk about and to research Japanese New Year's traditions. Next week, I will be discussing more Japanese New Year's traditions and kind of wrapping up on 
on that particular topic for this podcast. It is interesting how different countries celebrate. I never knew that about the Japanese culture and the different things they did. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And different countries have brought things to the United States. New Year's Day is a worldwide holiday. Although (laughs) the U.S. celebrates New Year's Day, it can be celebrated very differently depending on where you live in the United States. Because different countries have brought different traditions Mm -hmm. into different regions. Really? Bottom line. So, certain foods are normally seen as good luck for the upcoming year, which is Mm -hmm. why they are eaten. In Pennsylvania and Ohio, pork and sauerkraut are served on New Year's Day. Brought to us by German settlers. In the South... Black-eyed peas, which represent good luck. And Hoppin' John, and this is actually a black-eyed peas and rice dish. Don't know any representation other than the good luck. Pork is usually eaten because it represented wealth. Collard greens are eaten because it represents dollar bills or money. Hmm. And cornbread is eaten, I think, because they like the taste. (laughs) (laughs) So So, have one of those in there. (laughs) Yes, so in the Southwest... A Spanish tradition has gained relatively recent popularity brought in by the Latino community, and it's called 12 Grapes. On the 12 seconds before midnight, one grape is eaten rapidly with each toll of the bell until the new year. Well, that's a lot of fast-eating grapes. I know, I know. You've got to be careful not to swallow them whole. Well, you don't want big grapes. Right. <laughs> right, right. You don't want to, yeah. You don't want to choke. You want those little tiny grapes, right. the little lightless ones. Good point, seedless, yes. Um, in California, and this is why I was I thought it was interesting, Cindy. In California... The Japanese community mm-hmm. brought in the soba noodles that are oh. often eaten. And this is from my research from California when the Japanese brought it over. Mm-hmm. One who eats a noodle in its entirety without breaking the noodle is promised many more New Year's days. Oh, so the, yeah, so the noodles represent the long, longevity. Exactly, yes. They're not promised many more noodles? No, <laughs> nope. <laughs> Just many more New Year's. In the New England states... There is a meat pie that has been brought to the New England states by the French Canadians. It is spelled T-O-U-R-T-I-E-R-E. We'll have to ask some New England friends about that and if they actually ever ate it. What did you say it was? It's a meat pie. A meat pie? Yeah, brought to the New England states by the French Canadians. Some other interesting traditions. These are not for any particular region. A tradition is opening doors and windows at midnight to let the old year out and the new year in. Making lots of noise to scare away evil spirits because evil spirits hate loud noises. So lots of cheering and fireworks. They hate loud noises, fires, nutcracker teeth. (laughs) Lots of things. Gourds with lights in them. Right. Right. You're not supposed to do laundry on New Year's Day or there will be a death in the family. Oh, good grief. Because <laughs> you wash away the person. You're not supposed to break anything because it signals destruction in the coming year. So if you're going to wow. handle ornaments, only handle the shatterproof ones. That's funny. If somebody like, I feel like somebody started that tradition, like, oh, make sure you don't break anything because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's bad luck. Right, yeah. like, not, not like, I don't want you to break my stuff. <laughs> I thought of the same thing with the washing one. Like, I don't yeah. want you to wash today. <laughs> oh, that's a bad I thing to do. I wash you away. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's right. Well, Grandma, let's see And then another one is that you must be happy and in good spirits on New Year's Day. That's oh, a good that's one. Yeah. If you cry, you have sadness throughout the year. Wow. I know. Aren't these There's funny? There's a lot of meaning and to see, this one day. I know. You that May as well just stay in bed happily all day. <laughs> that's right. You have to be happy there, though. And see, we thought Santa had a lot of rules. Like, yeah, don't right. be naughty or whatever. That's but right. Yeah, there's a lot here. Those were pretty straightforward. Yeah. (laughs) These don't do anything wrong. I know. These are crazy. You're doomed. (laughs) (laughs) The last interesting one that I'm going to talk about is the first footing. And this is, the first footing is the first person who enters your home after the stroke of midnight will influence the year you're about to have. Now, ideally, he should be dark-haired, tall, and good-looking, and... It would be even better if he came bearing certain small gifts such as a lump of coal, a silver coin, a bit of bread, a sprig of evergreen, and some salt. 
I think I think Grandma's trying to match someone. <laughs> Blonde and redhead first footers bring bad luck, and female first footers should be shooed away before they bring disaster down on the household. Wow. That is some. <laughs> Don't let a woman near your door before a man crosses the threshold. So, but not look. blonde or redhead. So, where did first where did first footing come from? Um, good question. I, I don't know. Like, I don't really know where. These are just uh, like interesting tradition yeah. websites, right? Or superstitions that. Yeah, have, I feel that, like probably this one was not from the Germans because of the the blonde hair thing. <laughs> I don't know. But it's it was funny. I thought it was funny to have a tall, dark-haired man, dark-haired stranger entering your home. Yeah, right. What if he's a stranger? What did say? It had to be a straight no. stranger, right? No. Just be and a- and it was okay to set it up. Yeah. So it was okay. Oh, right. to so <clears throat> get a dark-haired, tall friend, good-looking male friend. friend, good-looking male friend, to sit outside your door. And be the first one to enter. So it's really a bummer if you're the only tall, dark-haired friend that like, right. your friends have, and you have to go right. from house to house. <laughs> and be the first one in. Right to be the first one in. Sorry, I'm late. I had to hit three just, other homes. Yeah, just, <laughs> well, I got eight houses to visit tonight, so you know. And you see a bunch of women sitting out on the lawn because yeah, they're not allowed to come yeah, in. Yeah, come in. <laughs> or, and all the blonde and red-headed men. Yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> it really is. It's really funny. Something else that came from the Victorians. They had a custom of serving a hard candy pig, which was bright pink, and it was broken with a small mallet, and the pieces shared among guests. And it sounds like it was peppermint. Wait, was it oh. a candy pig or yes. a candied pig? <laughs> I know. It sounds like you said candy like glaze. No, a candy Shaped pig. like a pig. A peppermint pig. Okay. A peppermint pig. <laughs> a little peppermint pig. This tradition had pretty much faded out until about 1980. When a candy maker in Saratoga Springs, New York, named Mike Fitzgerald, revived it. He produces an authentic version, which is available online, of this little pig and a mallet. And what do you get when you break it? It's supposed to be... (laughs) I believe it's just supposed to be good luck. Like It comes in a little pouch, and you... Hit it with the mallet inside the pouch, and then you share the peppermint Before afterward. Before New Year's, after New Year's? Um, on New Year's Day. On New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And actually, the peppermint pig, I believe, can also be done on Christmas Day. So, Mike Fitzgerald has done a very good job of marketing. It can be <laughs> Christmas or New Year's. Or any holiday you <laughs> That's right. The peppermint pig is good anytime. Every time is a good time for the peppermint pig. <laughs> Smashing the peppermint. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. And sharing the candy. Mallet. And there was a, there were a number of very interesting reviews about that. <laughs> so if you want to celebrate New Year's Day like your grandparents did, here are some of the and things. Who, who wouldn't? And who wouldn't? <laughs> here are some of the things they did. And it's going to be a quick rundown. It's just kind of a funny little thing to look at. And we can kind of compare what we do to what they did. And, and this is just random grandparents, not our specific grandparents. Right. I wasn't <laughs> able to get hold of their particular list of things. So it was just in our grandparents' day. So they would make New Year's resolutions. Okay. Decorate a New Year's tree. Oh. Ooh. They would dress nicely. So they would dress up for this. Hmm. They would use tinsel Everywhere. (laughs) Very into tinsel. They would embrace their heritage, eat New Year's food, pray, toast with a traditional drink like champagne, wassail, Scottish spin. Really not sure what that is. Mold wine. I feel like it's probably whiskey. (laughs) It probably is. Scottish spin. Scottish spin. Like if somebody said, look, oh, let me add a Scottish spin to your tea. (laughs) Right. Think, oh, a little whiskey hanging in there. Yeah. Make noise like fireworks or bells or noise horns. Mm-hmm. Give a gift. Count down at New Year's Eve and kiss at midnight, which is the same as ours. Yeah. Sing Old Lang Syne, also something we do. And send thank you notes. So those are some things the grandparents did. Randy and I are from Pennsylvania. So in our house, we have pork and sauerkraut on New Year's Day. We also take a time to reflect on the past year and look forward to the next year as is very common for New Year's Day. It's a good day to do that. Mm-hmm. And I will say, you all brought me and Cole up with the traditional New Year's food that comes from the north, even though Cole and I were born in Texas. That's right. 
And in Texas, we heard a lot of things about black-eyed peas. I'm sure. And we were like, black-eyed peas? Why are they eating black-eyed peas? So it was an interesting cultural difference. I was reading a book about Christmas traditions of the 20s, 1920s, and 1930s. And one of the things they said was in the 30s, that began a lot of the movement of people around the country because they had to find jobs during the Great Depression. And because Mm -hmm. they moved... They took their traditions from their part of the country to other parts of the country, which is why, yes, there are regions that celebrate things, but a lot of times those are people whose families grew up in those areas. But they also see traditions now spread across the country because people pick up whole families, move them other places, and still do what they grew up with and what their parents grew up with. And still keep their traditions. But also add in some new things that maybe locally that they do too. Right. Which we did not do. As much. Yeah. So we did not... Adopt the black-eyed peas. We did thing. not. No. no, we kept with pork and sauerkraut. No, although the area we were in was not a southern, an area in the south, right? It was an area of a lot of transplants from all over the country. Right. So there was a lot of different traditions in that area. There were, but black-eyed peas were a huge thing. In there was there was literally a restaurant called the Black Eyed Pea. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> in hindsight, <laughs> fair. Fair point. So. One of the things that Randy's really good at is asking reflective questions. And I've come to value that a great deal. Some questions that you could ask each other on New Year's Day to just kind of start some conversation is, what was the single best thing that happened this past year and why? What was the single most challenging thing that happened and how did you overcome it? If you did, Rudolph's shiny new year. <laughs> <laughs> Some things will be more recent <clears throat> and That's more right. recent. Sheer willpower. That's right. That's how I overcame. And sometimes you want to take the word "single most" out because some people have a hard time with the single most. And I do. Say, right. A. A right. significant time. So I think it's like, easier for me. Like and categories. So. <laughs> So it's like, okay, what type of single thing? Is it like, you know, yeah. So Randy's right. Instead of what was the single best thing that happened this past year, which would be very difficult for me, what was a good thing that happened or one of the best things that happened to you this past year? Or what was something challenging this past year? What was an unexpected joy this past year? What was an unexpected obstacle? What was an absolute delight? (laughs) It was an absolute delight. And one of the things that has been very valuable to me is to think about at the end of next year, what do I want to say that I have accomplished throughout this year? And it's a good, it's a good thing to just stop and think about that and think about what, what goals do I have? Again, without being rigid, what things would I like to accomplish in the year ahead? That was something that Walt Disney did, was he often thought of the end in mind, right? Mm-hmm. So say you're going to have a vacation. Sometimes it's good to think about when I get to the end of this vacation, looking back on it, I want to make sure that I have done something, right? Either relaxed enough or spend time, with, spend family. time with family or friends, whatever it may be. It's about thinking of the end in mind. Right. And you're really good at that and reminding me of that. Right. And it's just a way to think through that rather than let it happen to you, right? It's a right. little proactive. So for the listener, maybe these are some things you would like to talk to your family about and think about at the end of the upcoming year, what would you like to be able to say that you accomplished? Right. One of the things that Beth talked about in her New Year's traditions part of the episode was New Year's resolutions. So a New Year's resolution is a decision to do or to not do something in order to accomplish a personal goal or to break a habit. It comes at a time when people will look back at the past year and want to make an effort to improve themselves as the New Year's begins. So I found a Peanuts cartoon from December 31st, 1956. So quite a long time ago. And it's just a four-panel cartoon, so I'm going to describe it to you. In the first panel, Charlie Brown and Lucy are walking in a winter kind of bland scene. And Charlie Brown innocently is asking to Lucy... Are you going to make any New Year's resolutions, Lucy? In the next panel, Charlie Brown is flipping backwards after being yelled at Lucy, What? What for? What's wrong with me now? I like myself just the way I am. (laughs) And in the next panel, she's yelling even louder at Charlie Brown, who's shrinking back. Why should I change? What in the world is the matter with you, Charlie Brown? 
And then in the final panel, she's screaming to the skies, I'm all right the way I am. I don't have to improve. How could I improve? How, I ask you, how? And Charlie Brown is, is kind of flinching, like in, inching off the side of the panel, saying, good grief. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like him. <laughs> so that might be how you feel about New Year's resolutions. But in general, research has shown that about half of all adults in the United States make New Year's resolutions. Any guess as to how many manage to keep them for more than a few months? What oh, five percent? One tenth. Fifteen <laughs> percent. You guys were close. It was Sydney was right. It was ten percent managed to keep their resolutions for more than a few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's usually like what the first three months, and then like then it kind of bails out. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of adults make resolutions at New Year's to lose weight, to exercise more, mm-hmm. to stop smoking, to eat right. Kids might make resolutions to get along better with siblings or to do their homework right away. Really? I have never had those. <laughs> and She's never had that affliction. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the reasons that people don't stick to their resolutions is that they set too many goals oh. or they set unrealistic goals that they can't achieve. That's what I was thinking. With unrealistic expectations about how quickly they'll see results, mm-hmm. the amount of the results they'll see. And the ease and the consequences for changing their behavior. Oh. So what are your guys' experience with resolutions? Is it something you grew up with? Is it something you do? I think it's something that I sort of liked the idea of, but I never I never got invested in it at all. Uh-huh. Like, I, I always sort of was like, oh, it'd be nice to try to do this right. you know, better in the new year. Right. For me, it was always something like, I want to do this better or this less rather than setting a a hard goal for myself right so i know know some people will like write these things like write them out and create like a plan for themselves and everything and now i don't think that i do new year's i don't think that i've done new year's resolutions for the past five six seven years or so how about you guys so i i guess i have a little bit of an interesting perspective so my degree is in psychology so after i took a behavioral psych class and after i graduated i think i had a slightly different perspective on behavior and how to increase or decrease behavior Mm -hmm. right so before um, i entered into college i would make new year's resolutions i don't think they lasted very long (laughs) right which is normal right Which is 90% of all the population right, of America so is part of the course. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not unusual. But I would just make like, you know, little things like, okay, well, maybe I don't want to do this as much. Or maybe I want to do this a little more. Again, it was more flexible. I was more flexible in my decision making. When I got my degree in psychology, I recognized that unless you put forth a plan for a very, you know, for quite a long period of time and you An intentional dedicate, plan yourself to that plan the behavior is not going to increase or decrease right um, over a long period of time okay how about you Beth did you grow up with resolutions no (laughs) well I didn't and some people find these valuable because they are incentive right they're Mm -hmm. incentive for them right so I kind of felt like they were inhibiting That's so funny. I got a little trapped by them. <laughs> yeah, they can so, be, though. So I didn't want to do it. I wanted the freedom to improve where I could. That's so funny. So it's just, it's one of those personality things, I think. Uh-huh. So I was never a huge fan of them. If yeah. push came to shove and, like, a whole group was doing it, I wouldn't not participate. Mm-hmm. But as a general rule, I was not a fan of New Year's resolutions. Right. But I understand them, and I appreciate them. Right. So I grew up with the concept of New Year's resolutions. It was on TV. My friends talked about it at school, things like that. But my parents didn't specifically ask us to make resolutions as kids. Mm -hmm. And nor when Beth and I were married, did we decide that was something we wanted to do. But it is something that a lot of times people see it as a way to kind of get ahead of Mm -hmm. some negative thing they see coming down the road. Like some medical thing, right? Mm -hmm. They feel like they're overweight and they can start to feel some negative physical consequences of being overweight Mm -hmm. or smoking and they see some negative so they see it as a way to say okay i'm going to start some new behavior now Mm -hmm. in order to help myself in the long run right and stop potentially some of these bad things from happening which i think is a good way to kind of view it as uh, instead of waiting for the major bad thing to happen Mm -hmm. let's change some 
yeah. a behavior now. And honestly speaking, right after Christmas, like Christmas is a big eating time, right? You have Thanksgiving, yeah. you have Christmas. I, I could see people just saying, okay, that's enough. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm just, yeah especially I'm the time. eating one, right? Right. right, right. <laughs> so here are a few things that for people to think about. If they do want to change some behavior right. at the beginning of the year, here's a few tips, right? One is to be realistic, right? Mm-hmm. So... Don't go cold turkey on something. Yeah. Kind of scale it down. Like if you want to smoke less or drink less or eat less, mm-hmm. scale it down rather than going right. Completely. Don't just stop drinking or right. stop eating. I'm not. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. thinking more like eating sweet. Kind of like right. put yeah. a limit on it instead of going cold turkey on yeah. those. It's kind of like a thinking like weaning yourself off of it versus just right. stopping. And you can also break up goals into shorter term goals versus mm-hmm. having a long term goal only. Yeah. Uh, second thing is, so the first one's be realistic. The second one is do one thing at a time. So sometimes people fail because they try to do multiple resolutions at the same time. I want to be fit and healthier and eat less and give up smoking, join the gym, all these things on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And it's just really too much for you to uh, start all those habits right. of all at once. So pick one thing and just start with that. And again, if you get through that and you're doing good, you don't have to wait for next year's, New Year's, to do the next thing. Right. The third thing that people talk about is making smart goals, which Sydney was kind of alluding to, which is setting specific goals. So SMART is an acronym, S-M-A-R-T, that stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Realistic, and Time-Bound Goals. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right? So that helps you to specifically create a plan, like Sydney was saying, that in one month I will walk, you know, if you want to ex- exercise more and you haven't been, mm-hmm. I will walk, you know, a half a mile or I walk down to the corner of the road and back. Right. Right. So you, you just start smaller and you put some boundaries on it. Mm-hmm. The fourth thing is tell someone about your resolution. There's no better way to make it real to yourself than if you've confessed it, (laughs) you've admitted it to another person, right? And they can ask you about it. And you can ask them to say, I'm telling you because I would like you to ask me about it and how it's it's going." going just to hold me accountable in a nice and kind way. Right. So I will say in my psychology classes, they encourage the use of social media for this very particular thing to encourage people to ask them how it's going and to even post oh, this is how far I got so that people can see right. that you can be... Step putting upfront. yourself out there, right? Exactly. Yeah, if you're not willing to go that far, then just ask a good friend. Right. <laughs> that may be a lot more gentle. Yeah, uh, that's true. The fifth idea that people have is to change your behavior with others. So in other words, if you want to stop smoking or drinking or eating more healthy, then think about who you're around and who your friends are and the environment that you're in and maybe... Don't go around those environments as often if mm-hmm. that's what you're struggling with. It. The sixth thing is don't limit yourself. Uh, so in other words, Beth alluded to this earlier that don't become so restrictive that you feel restricted by it. Right? Mm-hmm. You, you need to make sure that it's a flexible time for you, mm-hmm. which gets into the, the mm-hmm. last one, which is accepting lapses as part of the process. Mm-hmm. So don't beat yourself up when you didn't go to the gym that day. Yeah. Just resolve to go the next day, whatever yeah. it may be. Um, kind of give yourself a break because you're trying to break some habits that you built up. And that's not an easy process to break down years of habits in a matter of a few days or weeks or whatever it may be. Right. So um, all those kind of things are just to help if anybody who does want to change a behavior, mm-hmm. to think about those things to help them to move forward in that way. Right. I did wonder where... The New Year's tradition of making resolutions came from. And I found a little bit of history I wanted to share with you. So New Year's was first celebrated 4,000 years ago in ancient Babylon. They didn't have a written calendar, but historians like Cole have figured out that they observed New Year's in late March with the arrival of the spring season. The month of January in our calendar is named for the Roman god Janus. The ancient Romans imagined Janus as a two-faced god, one facing forward and one facing back. Oh, that makes sense. This symbolized his ability to look forward and backward at the same time, and he was the guardian of gates and doors and beginnings and endings. Hmm. The Roman calendar went through a number of changes as different emperors kind of came and went. In 153 BC, the Roman Senate declared the new year would begin on January 1. 
But it wasn't until Julius Caesar took the throne in 49 BC that the calendar was adjusted so that January falls where it does today. The tradition of making New Year's resolutions began during the reign of Caesar. At that time, New Year's resolutions were more of a moral nature, such as being kind to others. Oh. So I thought that was interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. That goes a lot further back than I exactly. imagine people would think. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention is that the celebration of Epiphany is on January 6th. And we won't have another podcast before that. So I wanted to say happy Epiphany to uh, the many nations around the world that celebrate on January 6th, which is also known as the 12th day of Christmas. If you recall from a previous podcast, that commemorates how a star led the Magi, or the three wise men, to the baby Jesus. So just briefly looking at Epiphany, that includes Greece and Cyprus. In Spain, they celebrate Epiphany. In Spain specifically, the, the Spanish children polish their shoes and leave them ready for the kings to put presents in them. That's pretty common in a number of places. Germany celebrates Epiphany. Uh, they celebrate by eating Three Kings Cake, which is a golden pastry ring filled with orange spice representing gold, incense, and myrrh. In Switzerland, they also have a cake. So cake and gifts and shoes are pretty common in all countries. The cake in Switzerland looks like a crown composed of seven large buns in a round pan. That's interesting. In England, they celebrate Epiphany, known also as Twelfth Night. Egypt celebrates Epiphany as well, and for them, it's a strict fasting religious celebration. France has celebrated Epiphany since the Middle Ages, and they also have a cake called King's Cake. In these cakes, they contain a porcelain or plastic figurine. The person who gets the piece of cake with the charm, this little figurine in it, becomes king or queen for the day and wears a golden paper crown. That's funny. This person has the obligation to offer a beverage to everyone around the table. Oh. Oh. Or volunteer to host the next king cake celebration at their home. Ireland celebrates it. Italy celebrates it. We actually talked about Italy a couple of podcasts ago with La Bifana. Yeah. Poland celebrates it. In Poland, wise men pass out sweets. Children have a little parade. Carols are sung. And live nativity scenes are enacted. And then Puerto Rico and Russia also celebrate Epiphany. So happy Epiphany to all and any listeners that celebrate out there. So that is the end of this week's podcast. We thank you for listening and celebrating along with us. Next week, we will finish our discussion of New Year's. Sydney will finish talking about Japanese New Year. Mm -hmm. And we will begin to talk about winter and the winter season. So until then, for Randy, Cole, Sydney, and Beth, Happy Happy New New Year. Year!